Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of The Leader's Room. I am your host, Samuel Nima and today we have the honor of sitting down with Dr. Beryl Ochard. She's a remarkable individual who has overcome personal tragedy in her life to become a successful general dentist. Her journey from high school to her current profession is one of resilience, determination, and leadership. Dr. Beryl, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. For the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of your background and your education? So, yes, my name is Bera Otri. I'm a general dentist. I've been practicing for about five years. I'm Ghanaian. I grew up mostly in Dallas, Texas, and I'm also a wife, a mom to two toddlers, and um, a blogger and content creator online. So I do all those things and also very passionate about my faith and being involved at church as well. That is a long list of stuff you do. I am so interested to dig into your story because two kids, dentists, faith, (laughs) I mean, that's just a lot of stuff. So now I understand that you actually wanted to become a lawyer and now you're a dentist. So tell us, how did that happen? Yes. Yeah, so that's a throwback. That's a, that goes way back. So when I was, I would say more of elementary, middle school, um, maybe early high school, my mom, my mom is the one who actually had this idea. Um, she was like, you know, Beryl, you're really good at stating a point and arguing. <laughs> you're a little bit argumentative. And she used to call me, um, my middle name is Ajoko. My dad is gone. She used to call me lawyer Ajoko. <laughs> so, and it stuck with me. And I was like, you know, I could do that. I could present cases and arguments, but uh, there was a journey that took me on a path to dentistry as I started to have more interest in science and medicine. Um, And then I kind of, I can talk more about how I landed on dentistry, but once I got to that point, I completely left law behind. I never looked back. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, tell us what that process looks like, because I'm pretty sure with that initial interest for law, you might have already been looking at courses and maybe like what it would take to become a lawyer. And so tell us through that process of how you had that, you know, light bulb moment where suddenly it became apparent to you that your destiny was actually in in in, in dentistry rather than becoming a lawyer and arguing all the time, as you put it. <laughs> I'm not saying that's all y'all do, but that's <laughs> But um, yes, yeah, so I I had that idea of law, but it was starting to kind of fade. I, I didn't do a whole lot of real research on law, um, but I was getting into high school and that's when I just started to feel like I had a passion for sciences. And my dad was a nurse um, at the time and just I always had a lot of interest in healthcare, but medicine, pharmacy, all these other fields didn't really seem that interesting or like they would really be something that I would personally enjoy. And at the same time, I was a teenager and I actually had braces at that time. I had braces. I had an issue where one of my teeth, it, one of my adult teeth would not grow down on its own. I was past the age where it should have came down. So there, that was part of the reason I had braces was they did a procedure where they opened up the gums, they put a bracket, they connected it to the braces and they pulled that tooth down. Throughout that whole process of getting those procedures, I became very fascinated with dentistry. And I was like, this is just really interesting because it's it's science and it's engineering and it's artistic. It's all of these different things. 
And I just became very fascinated. And then when I would go see my oral surgeon, I would see my orthodontist, I would see my general dentist, and each of them just kind of inspired me. I started to see myself in them. For some reason, I was like, I think I could do this myself. And then that that's when it stuck. That's when the light bulb went off. So that was around mid-high school. I was probably 14, 15, um, sophomore, junior of high school. And that's when I was like, I think I want to do this. But I little did I know what was ahead of me. Because at that point, I didn't know what the journey would be to get there. I just knew I wanted to do it. So that's the, that's where the journey began. So let's talk a little bit about that journey, right? Because you you actually had a front row seat into dentistry with all of the procedures that you you know you did, kind of making sure that you you you're able to get stuff corrected, and you kind of were living in that moment of what a dentist would do and all of that, right? So from from that moment where you could actually see what this would might be kind of visualizing yourself as this individual. Let's talk a little bit more about the journey. And, you know, let's start maybe with college. And how was how was college like in the context of preparing to become a dentist? And some of the challenges um, that you, you, you had to inevitably go through in order for you to get through. I know there were several phases. So let's start from there and kind of dig into that. That's great. Yeah, we can definitely start with college. So I, I got into college. I was, as they say, bright eye and bushy tail. Like, I'm ready to like hit the ground running. I know I just need to do my best to get in dental school. I decided I'll major in biology. It's the most common major for people who are pre-dental, pre-meds. I'll do biology. Started all those courses. Many adversities along the way. And one large one, mainly. But I'll kind of start me off. So I started off taking my basic sciences, my basic courses, the challenge of transitioning was definitely there and acclimating to college, but I was I was um, I was coasting. I was doing okay, um, but at the same time, my dad was ill, very ill. So my dad was diagnosed with stomach cancer around high school, um, maybe a couple of years prior to me starting college, and there was a lot of ups and downs. So there was chemo, there was radiation, finally surgery to remove his stomach because it was stomach cancer, remove it completely. But things were looking better. Um, going when I was starting college, things were looking better. He wasn't in the best shape, but he was stable. And then it took a turn. So while I'm trying to take these classes, do well, not just pass, make A's so I can get in dental school and get acclimated. My dad is also ill. And I'm like, uh, the university I chose was in Dallas, Fort Worth area. So my family was also there running, driving back and forth to hospitals and finally found out that his stomach cancer was terminal and it was spreading. And so long story short, it was around February 2012, my dad passed away from stomach cancer. And mind you, this is my second semester of college. And um, so I'm dealing with this, the loss of my dad. And I'm also dealing with, do I withdraw for the semester? Do I uh, continue? But I, one thing I want to say is that I've always been determined and dedicated. And I got that from my dad as well. And so in the midst of dealing with all of this and being faced with all these decisions, um, actually the day I found out my dad passed away, the following day I had, a, I was supposed to take a general chemistry exam. Wow. I, I really should have, could have not taken that exam, but I did take that exam because I just thought to myself in his honor, in his legacy, in his stead, what would he want? Which is he would, he always wanted his kids to succeed and thrive and take advantage of every opportunity. And so something in me was like, no, you're going to study and actually take this exam in his honor. And so I was dealing with my dad passing away, but I was also dealing with trying to get through chemistry and biology and English and calculus. And somehow, some way, God gave me the strength to continue through that semester and make A's and B's 
um, and just get through it. And at the same time, he gave me my family strength because this was a huge loss, just shook our family completely. But our only explanation is that God, God was with us and God carried us. And it's a testimony, it's our biggest testimony till date is that we all continued. My older sister was in, I believe, about to go into pharmacy school. My younger sister was in high school. But for some reason, we all continued on our educational paths because of what our dad had taught us, but also because of God. And so that was the biggest challenge I faced in my undergraduate studies. And I really was able to move past, even though I, I did remember his legacy, move forward. Um, so that's that's what went, took place in college. That is just inspiring. Now, I, I knew your dad personally before you were born in England. And uh, he was a great man. And he's just such a wonderful person. And you, you talked a lot about faith. And I, I want to just talk a little bit about that um, before we move on to kind of you know, the, the next phase in your life and in dealing with such a such a huge loss, right? Someone who was so pivotal, foundational to your family um, is gone. And, you know, what, what role did faith, um, your faith um, as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian play in this? Huge role, the biggest role. There's no way I would have made it if not for my faith in God and, and not for even church members, you know, community. But really, it was a time of wrestling with God. So it's like, you look at people like Job in the Bible, other people who they lost family, they lost friends. So it was a time of wrestling with God in the sense of asking God why. But then when I came to an acceptance phase, asking God, okay, not just why, but what will you do with this? Mm. What, will be, what will be my legacy moving forward as a result of everything that he, um, he did teach me and part to me? And so that, it, my faith is really what carried me. My faith is completely what carried me. It helped me to, um, sorry, you hear my little ones, but it helped me to have the strength to move forward. It helped me to have hope because I know that my dad is sleeping and when we, then Jesus comes back, he will call him and the dead in Christ will rise and we'll meet him in the air. And so it gave me hope. It gave me strength. It gave me purpose. And also I, I kind of like reflect on my dad's life and his legacy. And again, through being a nurse, his bedside manner impacted his patients. And so it kind of renewed my desire to be a dentist because I was like, I want to impact patients the way my dad impacted patients, even though it's two different settings, hospital, dental office. But I'm like, I want to have the impact on them. So subliminally, it actually renewed my desire to pursue this career and, and all of that. And God was just saying, like, I'm going to use you the way I use my, your dad and your patients' lives. Which is just amazing. And, and you know, it really just goes to, to show how important, you know, medical people are because not only are you playing a life and helping them physically to to get better but also i believe there's also a key component where you can minister where you can through your love compassion through your job you can get them to a place where sometimes they might even start to ask where is god right so it's 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 a really good good profession that um you've chosen i commend you for uh, you know, taking on that challenge to kind of live up to your dad's legacy of continuing to help people. Yeah. Now, throughout your dentistry journey, um, you know, we we talked a little bit about college, and I know that you know you mentioned some of the hurdles getting through that phase of your life after your dad passed. So let's talk a little bit about um, you know the the actual dentist journey journey itself, and. What does it take to become a dentist? You know, for those for those people who are looking to you and have been inspired by you and like, man, I want to be just like her. What, what does it take to become a dentist? What are, what are some things people should expect? 
Yeah, so it's it's a it's a fun journey. It's a long one, but it's a good it's a good journey. So after you get out of high school, you get an undergraduate degree. Um, as part of that under four year bachelor's degree, you're obtaining prerequisites for dental school. So you can choose whatever major you want, but you want to get all those prerequisites. So a lot of us will choose biology, chemistry. Um, some people are now doing public health, things like that. Some people will choose something completely unrelated, but make sure they get the prereq prereq classes, which are the biologies, the organic chemistry, general chemistry, physics. So you're going through that four-year degree, and then towards the end, you're applying to dental school. The application is a one-year cycle. So if you apply one summer, it's the following year fall you would go in. So it's a whole process. So in my case, I went ahead, went through undergrad. I applied the summer after my junior year because I wanted to go straight in. Now, some people can do a gap year and they could delay that a little bit to make sure you get your classes, take your time to take the DAT, the dental admissions test. But I said, I want to go straight in. Like I said, I'm dedicated. I'm determined. I'm, like, I'm going straight. Also, people, don't, not everybody gets in. It's very competitive. So I said, I'm applying now. If I don't get in, then I take my gap year and I apply again. Yep. So um, you, the thing about getting into dental school, it's not just your grades. It's your dental admissions test. It's also who are you as a person? Are you just smart on paper or do are you active in your community, in your a community of faith, um, a, a church? Are you active just volunteering? Are you shadowing? Are you having leadership skills? I know we're on the leaders room right now. So yeah, yeah. Had huge on my journey as well. We can get into that more. But I, I took on leadership roles as I was in college. I was involved in the pre-dental society at my university. I had I was secretary, I believe. My, my final year, I was a president. So these are different ways that dental schools can see, okay, well, she also, she knows the books, but she also can work with people. She also can connect with people. So you get through that process. Are you to get in, then you would start the dental school program and that's four years. So it's usually four plus four. If you have a gap or whatnot in between, that may add to it, but eight years after high school. And then there's options for further training if you want to specialize, or if you want to be a general dentist like myself, you finish that four year of dental school and then you can get out and practice. So eight years is a long time. So I, you know, I, once again, it shows that level of commitment to be able to stick through it and, and get through um, all of the necessary prerequisites in order for you to be conferred the actual title of dentist. Now you mentioned something I want to dig into a little, you know, this is the leader's room. So we're obviously looking for things that we can share with people who, you know, are in roles or could be moving into roles, but what are some of the, the leadership lessons that you've learned in your journey? Like for you being as a dentist, you are a leader, right? I mean, it's just part of your role. So what are some of the things that you can share with our listeners today that, you know, about just how you do leadership? <laughs> yeah, man, so many things, so many things. And, and also just to backtrack, I feel like I've been doing, I've been a leader my whole life, but I started taking on formal leadership positions as early as high school. So if you're a high school listening to this, it's not too early. In high school, I did student council. I did, um, we had what was called key club at the time. So I've always had that in my mind, like I can lead. And then in church as well, pathfinders, things like that. But lessons I've learned, one, I'll just say them as they come to me. One is delegation. A good leader doesn't do everything on their own. A good leader is as good as their team and a good leader delegates. So I used to lead in a, in a sense of, I'll be the leader, but I'll do everything, or I'll, I'll really, really micromanage. But what you have to learn is you, by leading, you teach everyone how to do their, 
role so that everyone comes together and everything gets done. So delegating, um, another thing I've learned is that a good leader really cares about the people they're leading, whether they're co-leaders like officers alongside or the members, as you will. Um, so at every stage when I was high school, when I was college pre-dental society, I did a little leadership in dental school. We had an organization called SNDA, Student National Dental Association, which was mostly for underrepresented groups, um, people of color, Blacks, Hispanics, etc. And I did that as well. And so it's like thinking about the people I'm leading with and the people who are under me, how, how can I work for their best interests, not just for my interests? Those are some of the lessons I've learned and just time management, because as you can tell, I do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on, uh, this is a, a recurring lesson every season, time management. You can actually accomplish a lot, but how do you use the time? Because you have so many hours in the day, but how do you use that time? So those are some of the lessons that I've learned along the way. Um, another thing that I don't know if I want to call it a lesson, but it's, it's, it's something I want to say is move past imposter syndrome. Because when you step into certain roles and positions and God elevates you, sometimes you feel like, oh, how am I, who am I to deserve this? For me, imposter syndrome was huge when I became a dentist because I went from student to dentist. My, my name changed. I'm a doctor now. There was a lot of imposter syndrome, especially in the setting of the practice I initially started working in. I felt timid. I'm very young. I'm female. I'm like felt timid, like telling, giving orders and things like that. But as I continue to grow, I realized, no, but you have to delegate. You have to instruct. You have to give people instructions so that they can run this office well because you are a leader in this practice. And um, it's funny because some of the dental assistants I work with, they were like, oh, doctor, oh, when you first came, you really were like shy. And I'm like, <laughs> like, you're not shy. You're like, Stephanie, I need a suction right now. Steph like, <laughs> Stephanie, I need to grab this. And so I'm like, you're right. Like I stepped into that role. So like overcome imposter syndrome as quickly as possible because it, it can hold you back as well. Yeah, it's really encouraging to hear some of the growth that you've had. And I, I think that the idea of imposter syndrome is not only limited to dentists, but it's in every profession, right? As you as you continue to progress through life and as you move up the corporate ladder, mm -hmm. you'll have opportunities where potentially you're the only female there or mm -hmm. you're the only black person. Yes. And it hits you really hard where you're sometimes questioning, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> right? Um, but it's 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 good to hear that you've been able to you know challenge yourself firstly to to be brave enough and confident enough to take on those responsibilities and to continue to lead. One other question about leadership I'd like to ask is essentially the concept of time. Now, as a leader, as a mom, as someone who's involved with church, it's it's always going to be a matter of prioritization and determining what to do and when to do it. What's your mental model for how you prioritize the, the most important things in your life and when to do them? That is a great question. I'm still figuring that out. But, <laughs> but in my mind, this is how it goes. God is number one. So it's like my if it's affecting my prayer, my devotional life, my opportunity to attend church, things like that, it's not, it's not going to come above that. And then number two is my, my role as a wife and a mom and just trying to be uh, readily available to, to serve my, my husband and my kids. Um, and so that, but those are like more of the everyday, obviously I'm doing different things in the home. But then from there, it leaves it wide open because I could, I, I could put work, I could put. So for me, at that point, for me, it's more of just making sure I'm attending to everything that I'm involved in, which for me at this point would be work um, and all the responsibilities there as a dentist, and then would also be, in my case, 
church. I'm involved at church. I'm a young adult leader at my church, so trying to make sure I'm helping out with that. And then lately, it's become a lot of church because there's a lot of other things I'm trying to help out with there. But it kind of falls there, like my God and my family, and then like church work. Um, and then the other little things, my little hobbies, the content creation and stuff like that, those things come in after, but kind of prioritizing God and my family first. And uh, whatever system you use, I, rec- I recommend everyone would be really organized. If it's a Google Calendar, if it's um, an actual paper and pen, and that will help you prioritize as well as you plan each day. Because it's like, I have so many things I could do today, but what what really is what I, I feel a call to the most today. So taking those things first, and then you can always do the other things later as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Now, being a dentist and on this journey, I know that everything hasn't been perfect. So first of all, let's start with the good, the bad, and then the ugly. So tell us some of, maybe share a story about maybe something that happened in your dentistry that um, maybe gave you new perspectives and maybe share another story that is kind of the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, there's so many things I could say. I'm like, but um, I would say that it's one thing that can kind of have that good, bad, and the ugly is actually the jobs I've had. So I knew that when I became a dentist, I eventually wanted to become a practice owner. And I will kind of get to where I'm at with now with that because I'm kind of at the cusp of that right now. But the first step for me was just getting a job and getting experience. And so for those who don't know, when you're when you come out as a dentist, there's actually a lot of options. You could open your own practice. And traditionally in the past, people did that right away. But now most of us get out and we're working for somebody. So working for a corporate dental, which is these um, franchises that you see the locations everywhere. You're working for the government, which is a federally qualified health center, or you could go to a true private practice and work for someone and they would like mentor you, maybe let you take over later on. Um, that would actually be, have been the ideal situation where you go somewhere and find mentorship and then maybe you could take over their practice. But where I ended up, my first job was a corporate dental office, which was very, very high pace, fast pace. And I kind of felt like, um, how would I put it? a piece of the puzzle. Like I didn't feel as valued. So that was my first job. And so that would be the, the ugly side for me was just certain experiences with the management um, for that company and just feeling like sometimes I wasn't really being heard. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes I was not as valued. Um, I don't have a specific story, but I will say that from there, God has continued to elevate me because the jobs I've had since each time I've kind of leveled up I ended up in a different private practice and ended up in a different private practice. Um, so, And those have all been better experiences. And up until present day where I'm actually getting ready to take over, I'm acquiring a dental practice that's existing. And so I will become an owner of a dental practice shortly, very soon. So that's where I'm at now. And I'm, I'm on the cusp of that. And so there's a lot of new, uh, a lot of new things I'm considering with that. But that's kind of been my progression was being a dentist, but also not being valued highly up to being my own boss and being able to run things the way I want and um, kind of everything that comes with that as well. That is exciting. And wrapping up, um, what does the future look like for you now that you're on the cusp of owning your own um, you know, practice? What does the future look like for you and what is the legacy you want to leave behind? So, Wow. The legacy I want to leave behind is that I impacted my patients, every single patient who walks to my door, that I showed them the love of Christ and that I was a minister of healing to them. And also one thing I didn't get a chance to talk about is I want my legacy to also be my impact on those behind me. Because I actually have a lot of people I'm mentoring now. And 
those of you watching, maybe some of you, I mentor you or you're interested in that. But there's so many coming behind me who are also interested in dentistry. Anyone could be a mentor, a mentee for me, but especially fellow people of color, fellow Ghanaians, fellow females. I've met so many now who um, are kind of like, I want to follow in your footsteps. When I see you doing it, it makes me realize I can do it too. So that's my what I want to leave as a parting. Like, don't think that you can't do this. You can. It's a long journey, but it's worth it. And um, there are many others like me who are willing to pour back into you. So definitely be willing to reach out to us. All right. Thank you so much, Beryl. I mean, your story is just a testament to really true resilience, determination, perseverance, and, you know, just your compassion shows as you speak, you really care about people. And I, I hope uh, I've been inspired by our, our, our conversation today. Um, is there any final message you'd like to share with our audience before we, we bring things to a close? Uh, put God first in everything and stay determined, stay dedicated, and you will make it to wherever you're trying to make it to. That brings us to the end of another captivating episode of The Leader's Room. We hope you found Dr. Beryl Autry's journey inspiring. Um, I know I did. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Stay tuned for more incredible stories of leadership and perseverance. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams and make a difference. See you next time.